Welcome to Walk in Truth. These are the Bible teachings of Pastor Michael Lance, equipping you to reach out with God's truth to all people and how to apply that truth to today's issues, trends, and culture. You can learn more about the program and our church when you visit walkintruth.com. Now here's Pastor Michael's teaching in Exodus 14, 15 through 31 about the parting of the Red Sea called Go Forward. In Philip Reichen's commentary on the book of Exodus, he shares a story by Donald Bridge. And he tells of a liberal minister who was preaching in an old Bible-believing African-American church. At a certain point in his sermon, the minister referred to the crossing of the Red Sea. A parishioner responded, praise the Lord, taking all the children through the deep waters. What a mighty miracle. However, the minister did not believe in miracles. So he said rather condescendingly, it was not a miracle. They were in a marshland, the tide was ebbing, and the children of Israel picked their way across six inches of water. Praise the Lord, the man shouted again, drowning all the Egyptians in six inches of water. What a mighty miracle. Sometimes we need the congregants to correct the preacher. You want to talk back to me today? It'll be all right. Hopefully there'll be no need for correction. But... uh, As we look at this account, I want to remind you of of a beautiful promise that we saw last time we were together. It's in verse 13, starting there. Moses responds to the fear of the people. The Egyptian army, the most powerful army in the world, has them trapped against the sea and the mountains. I'm going to ask, uh, we throw the map up just for a second so you guys can get an idea of the geography here. So there's some debate about the actual location of the Red Sea crossing. You'll notice in the upper left part of the map, that's Egypt proper. The logical way that we looked at it in a previous message is to take the way of the Philistines, but they weren't ready for war. That would be up against the Mediterranean Sea that we know of today. Future Israel is up on the right. Sorry for the resolution, but I think you can hopefully see it. And from the Red Sea proper, which is the lower border of Egypt, to Gulfs, two arms go up. They would also be known as the Red Sea at this time. And so there's some recent um, scholarship that makes an argument that the Red Sea crossing occurred across the Gulf of Aqaba, which would be that right arm. And they crossed there and moved into the area of Sinai, which would be in the area of Arabia. That's just one view. There's a debate. In the, in the end, it doesn't really matter, but I will say that some of you who have been Christians for a while have seen some uh, artifacts that they claim they've pulled from the Sea of Aqaba, namely chariot wheels and full, there's pictures on the internet of full chariots. I will tell you this, uh, and there, there's a gentleman behind uh, some of that archaeology that's, uh, I will just say this, he's a bit of a controversial figure, and the the artifacts are being debated in archaeological circles. We don't need the artifacts to prove the story is true. I will say to you that archaeology is a nice buttress to our Christian faith, and it seems that every time they turn the shovel and find a discovery, it does affirm the scriptural uh, content. So that's good, but we don't need it to prove the Red Sea crossing. I just wanted you to get a feel for the geography so you can see what's going on. But if, if this is correct, 
Basically, this is the way it lays out. The children of Israel came through a single opening. They were, they were at a beach, just so you could picture any normal beach, and that's where they were. But on the other side were mountains, and there was only one way in and one way out. And the way in and out had now been occupied by the Egyptian army. Thousands of chariots and horsemen and an intimidating army, and there you are. You've got no way to go, nowhere to go. And so Moses is the leader of this group, along with his brother Aaron. And Moses says to the people, reading from the NIV, a beautiful three-point promise. I want to make sure you've got it. He says, don't be afraid, verse 13. Stand firm, and you will see the deliverance of the Lord. Now, see in your Bible, some of your uh, versions say the salvation of the Lord. That's the Hebrew word or name, Yeshua. And that's the name, Jesus. So whenever you see deliverance or salvation in the Old Testament, it's going to be the Hebrew word Yeshua, the name Jesus. And when Jesus got his name, and that was articulated by the angel to Joseph, what he would be named, it means his name, Jesus, means Yahweh saves or Yahweh is salvation. So each time they said, Jesus, dinner time, they were saying, my salvation, come. That's who he is. He is our salvation. And you will experience that today, end of 13. The Egyptians you see that look so intimidating today, you will never see again. The Lord will fight for you. You need only the third plank of the promise to be still. So here's three things. Don't be afraid. Stand firm. Be still. We all know Psalm 46, 10. Be still and know that I am God. And it goes on to say, I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. Now, Bible students, one thing that I want to point out to you is that when Moses spoke that beautiful promise, he spoke it still with the Egyptian army there and still with the sea unparted. He spoke it without the solution having been realized. And you and I need to be able to speak words of faith and life when we don't always see the clear answer right in front of us. You all know how God works. He seems to do things at the last minute in his own time and in his own way. So it's unmistakable who gets the glory. Amen. And so we need to be able to stand upon these promises even when the answer is not immediately in front of us. Moses spoke these words of trust when it was not clearly seen what was going to happen. I don't even know if Moses knew what God was going to do at this point. And so we can uh, rest not because of the absence of danger, says one writer, but because of a God in whom we can trust. We stand upon his promises. And again, keep in mind that Moses did not know what was going to occur. Another writer says, despair will cast you down, keeping you from standing. Fear will tell you to retreat. Impatience will tell you to do something now. Presumption will tell you to jump into the Red Sea before it's parted. Yet, as God told Israel, he often tells us simply, stand still, hold your peace. I will reveal my plan. And God is going to tell the children of Israel in the following verse, the Lord said to Moses, why are you crying out to me? Here's the title. Tell the sons of Israel to go forward. Go forward. Now, the question I would have standing at the Red Sea is where? <laughs> where exactly would you have us to go? 
And I think that God was telling them to get ready to break camp. There was perhaps over a million people here, maybe as many as two million. They had to round up animals. They had to pack their things. God was telling them, get ready. I'm about to do something amazing and I want you ready when I do it. And that is faith. For we walk by faith and not by sight. It is easy to believe once the waters are parted. It's another thing to stand upon the promises when you haven't seen the answer yet. And in the gospel, I I will tell you guys that this is, this particular text or uh, account is a picture of the gospel. This is probably the greatest deliverance story ever told next to the gospel itself. And I was thinking about what we've seen so far. So we saw the blood of the lamb on the doorpost and the lentil, and we saw how God passed over the people and he led them out. Now they've come to the edge of the Red Sea. Could it be that we have the cross in the Passover and kind of the picture of the resurrection as they go through the Red Sea? Someone asked me at the beginning of, uh, or at the end of first service, how long do you think it took them to cross? We don't know for sure. It would be interesting if it took three days. Obviously, it was a large amount of people and a, a lot of water. It doesn't seem that that's the case. It seems like, you know, maybe it was just a, a single day or evening, but that's up for debate. But here's the point. This is a picture of the gospel. The Lord is, it takes us, look, life is fragile, guys. We're, we're up against it, aren't we? Our backs are up against the wall in many respects. If you're not a Christian today, I don't know what non-Christian people do in the face of all this stuff, but I understand what it means to be a non-Christian. I understand what it means to try to do life without God. But our backs are up against the wall. We are mortal. There is a fragility to life. It is very unpredictable. One of the members of the worship team standing up here leading worship, Nick, who was right over to my right today, his dad died last night. Now he has, he, he said there's no place else he wanted to be than right here because he has an eternal perspective. And by God's grace, God allowed his dad to open his heart to the gospel just in the last year or so. Praise the Lord. But... This life is tough, man. There's a lot of unpredictable things. There's a lot of big enemies out there, intimidating situations. And we can often feel like there's no way out. What is the way of escape? And the Bible tells us, how, will she, how shall we escape, Hebrews 2, 3, if we neglect so great a salvation? The Lord wants us to find the way of escape. I'm going to show you something in 1 Corinthians chapter 10. Hold your place in Exodus. Turn over to 1 Corinthians chapter 10. And I want to show you how applicable this is. This is the most direct commentary on the Red Sea crossing in the New Testament, written to a uh, church in Corinth, which was filled with Gentile people and Jewish people. 1 Corinthians 10, verse 1. Paul has just been preaching about running the race well. Some of you have been watching the Olympics. You know that you know, we want to run in such a way that we can win. I was watching a race the other night and there was a false start. The guy was in the starting blocks and he left before the gun. And you know, that uh, official walks up to you and basically has the card and you walk off the track and you're disqualified from the race. And I'm thinking, bummer. You train for years and years for this single moment of life and you get disqualified because of a false start. 
Well, that's what Paul says at the end of 1 Corinthians chapter 9. He says, I don't want you to be disqualified. Run in such a way that you may win. Uh, Make your body your slave. Don't be enslaved to it. And then he says in 10.1, I don't want you to be unaware, brethren, church, that our fathers, that's the Jewish fathers, were all under the cloud. That's the glory cloud and all passed through the sea. You'll hear more from Pastor Michael in a moment. If you missed any part of today's program, you can listen to Walk in Truth on our free Living Truth app or wherever you get your podcasts. Walk in Truth is on Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Spotify, and many more. Subscribe for free to hear Pastor Michael's teachings in other books of the Bible. And would you please do us a favor and encourage a friend or a family member to listen to Walk in Truth on this radio station? The same if you're listening on podcast. You can always just click that share button. If Pastor Michael's teachings have been a blessing to you, then hopefully they will do the same for someone you care about. Thanks so much for spreading the word about Walk in Truth. We'd love to see who's listening, so please connect with us on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. Just do a search for Walk in Truth Show. Now, back to Pastor Michael Lance, right here on Walk in Truth. Written to a uh, church in Corinth, which was filled with Gentile people and Jewish people. 1 Corinthians 10, verse 1. Paul has just been preaching about running the race well. Some of you have been watching the Olympics. You know that you know we want to run in such a way that we can win. I was watching a race the other night, and there was a false start. The guy was in the starting blocks, and he left before the gun. And, you know, that uh, official walks up to you and basically has the card, and you walk off the track, and you're disqualified from the race. And I'm thinking, bummer. (laughs) You train for years and years for this single moment of life, and you get disqualified because of a false start. Well, that's what Paul says at the end of 1 Corinthians chapter 9. He says, I don't want you to be disqualified. Run in such a way that you may win. Uh, Make your body your slave. Don't be enslaved to it. And then he says in 10.1, I don't want you to be unaware, brethren, church, that our fathers, that's the Jewish fathers, were all under the cloud. That's the glory cloud. And all passed through the sea. And all were baptized into Moses. Probably the idea of identifying Moses as their leader, which we'll see at the end of this message. In the cloud and in the sea. All ate the same spiritual food, that's manna. All drank the same spiritual drink. For they were drinking from a spiritual rock which followed them. And the rock was Christ. Nevertheless, with most of them, God was not well pleased. For they were laid low in the wilderness. We'd like to say that after this Red Sea crossing, they all did marvelous, but they really didn't. Now, these things happened as examples noted for us that we should not crave evil things as they also craved. Now, there's a list of things they did in the following verses. You can read those later. But verse 11 kind of summarizes what we're to learn. It says, now these things happened to them as an example And they were written for our instruction, New Testament church, upon whom the ends of the ages have come. Therefore, let him who thinks he stands take heed lest he fall. No temptation has overtaken you, but such as is common to man. And God is faithful. You need to know that. He will not allow you to be tempted beyond what you are able, 
But with the temptation, he will provide the way of escape. This is what happens at the Red Sea. They escape through an impossible situation. A powerful army, an impassable sea, that you may be able to endure it. And then he says, therefore, my beloved, flee from idolatry. God provides a way of escape. And the greatest temptation that we face in our time is to give up, to give up on our faith. It would be easy in this day for us to retreat. We're hearing talk of a variant. We're hearing talk of possible shutdowns and lockdowns again. And many of us are saying, if not all of us, oh no, here we go again. And there's all this stuff happening. This is no time to retreat, brethren. This is a time to go forward. And we, as a church, are going forward. Amen? Amen. We've had a round to practice, so we should be better at this whole thing now, right? And so I want to ask you a question as you turn back to Exodus. How many of you have come to Living Truth during the COVID season and you arrived here during the last year, year and a half. Just raise up your hand. Everybody just look around for a second. Now, if you were to ask me, Pastor Michael, it's 2020. We were doing all those play on words. 2020 vision. We're going to have a 2020 vision. as a chance. Sounded great. Could you imagine if you interviewed a pastor and they said something like this? Our church growth strategy for 2020 will be this. There will be a worldwide pandemic. We will keep our doors open. We'll open with a thousand other churches in California and take a stand. And people will flock to living truth simply because the doors are open. That's our strategy for 2020. I will say, what? Come on, man. But God does work in mysterious ways. And we should praise him for his faithfulness. Because he is good. And we learn in the story of Gideon when he pairs down the army to 300. God does what he does for his glory so that there's no mistaking that it is, it is his power. God delivers his people from drowning and paralyzing fear, says one writer. And I would submit to you, brethren, that we are about to read an account that is one of the ultimate faith lessons in our Bibles. The Lord guides, he protects, and he delivers his people. Fear will paralyze you from moving forward, but it is time to go forward. And that is our message today. This miracle is attested all throughout Scripture. Uh, just a couple of quick snapshots. In Joshua 2.10, if you're taking notes, Rahab the harlot says to the spies, we've heard how the Lord dried up the water of the Red Sea before you when you came out of Egypt. Joshua 2.10, part A of the verse. Psalm 106, verse 7 says, Our fathers in Egypt did not understand your wonders. They did not remember your abundant kindness, but rebelled by the sea at the Red Sea. Nevertheless, you saved them for the sake of your name, that you might make your power known. Psalm 106, 7 and 8. It says, you rebuked the Red Sea and dried it up and led them through the deeps and through the wilderness. And then Psalm 106, 19 through 22 says, Israel made a calf in Horeb and worshiped a molten image. Thus they exchanged their glory for an image of an ox that eats grass. They forgot God their Savior who had done great things in Egypt, wonders in the land of Ham, and awesome things by the Red Sea. Psalm 106, 19 through 22. I'll be giving you other verses as we go through, but I want you to see that there are many parallel passages that celebrate this miracle. 
and say that it occurred and it happened just as the Bible said. What can we learn from it? That's where we're going. You've been listening to Go Forward, part one on Walk in Truth. Pastor Michael's teaching in Exodus chapter 14, verses 15 through 31. If you missed any part of today's program, you can listen to Walk in Truth on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, we would love to hear from you. You can email Pastor Michael with a question that you might have had on the teaching today, or maybe you have a question about something else, or you need encouragement or prayer. Maybe you would like to share how Pastor Michael's teachings have blessed you. You can email Pastor Michael at this email address, contact at walkintruth.com. That's contact at walkintruth.com. Once more, contact at walkintruth.com. And thanks for reaching out. You can also find our mailing address on walkintruth.com. Now here's Pastor Michael with a final word. You may be wondering about the history of Egypt and why the uh, events of the Exodus are not really there, although there's a couple of allusions um, in Egyptian history. And why is that? Well, the the pharaohs um, only wrote down what was positive, or what was positive was all that was recorded in their history. That shouldn't surprise us because governments can be manipulative and they can tell the story only in the way they want it to be heard. And uh, that just seems to be human nature. So don't be surprised if uh, this, this is all recorded in Egyptian history. It's recorded in biblical history. And uh, that is good enough. But there's also evidence, of course, of the Exodus outside of the Bible. And some of those things we have been covering as we've been going through the book of Exodus. But the divine record is here of what the word of God says. Jesus alluded to the burning bush of the book of Exodus. And, uh, you know, it's, it's an amazing thing that the Lord did in delivering his people. The Bible celebrates it in the book of Psalms and other places. Our God is a delivering God. And I pray that you know him today and that you've trusted in him for your salvation and for your life's purpose. Hey, this is Pastor Michael Lance. You're listening to Walk in Truth. If you're brand new to us, we go through books of the Bible in expository fashion. What you're hearing is coming out of the pulpit of Living Truth Christian Fellowship, where I serve as senior pastor. Hey, I want to give a shout out to all of our partners for making it possible for us to not only air the program, but to expand. We've seen the uh, broadcast, the podcast go out now to 26 different countries, which is amazing. Uh, I think it's up to seven different radio markets now, but we'd love to do more. We'd love to expand more. And we are close to hitting a 50% goal of listener funding. Now, the church, the local church that I serve, Living Truth in Corona, has funded usually more than 50%. We're trying to hit 50% from listeners. And we've been telling you we're just a little ways away. We're about $13,800 as of this recording away. And that's because we got some incredible gifts at the end of the year. You know who you are. We had new partners come on board. We had people... Uh, express their gratitude for this ministry, and it means a lot to us, and I just want to say thank you. Mark from Corona, uh, thank you for becoming a Walk in Truth partner at $20 a month. Paige from Santa Barbara has become a Walk in Truth partner at $30 a month. 
Barbara from Inglewood, a walk in truth partner at $20 a month, and Rita from Riverside, kind of like how that sounds. Rita from Riverside <laughs> became a walk in truth partner at $30 a month. Every name that I just uh, named is precious. And, it, and I just want to say it means a lot to us. And you're precious to us whether you're giving to this ministry or not. Hey, if you'd like to help and be part of that, of us hitting that goal, you can go to walkintruth.com and click on the donate button. Walkintruth.com and click on the donate button. Now, you may be asking, well, why do radio ministries ask for support? Because radio time is uh, often very costly. It's not cheap. And just so you know, I do not get paid to do radio ministry. Uh, I do it because it's part of the, the passion in my heart and the extension of what I believe the Lord's called me to do as a pastor. And all of you who come alongside and pray for us and financially support us, I just want to say a big thank you. Because um, what you're allowing us to do is expand the borders of the people that we can reach. And uh, each week, thousands of people are being reached. And it is humbling, and I'm grateful. And if you want to be one of our partners, uh, if you want to come on board, be part of the team here at Walk in Truth, just go to walkintruth.com and click on that Donate button. Every little bit helps. $10 a month, $20 a month, whatever you can do, a one-time gift. We would love to hit that goal and beyond so that we can do more Every open door that the Lord provides, I don't want to see one door that we could walk through that we would ever be hindered by finances. So thank you all for your generosity, for your prayers. And again, if you want to uh, come on board, part of the team, it's walkintruth.com, clicking on the donate button. And join us tomorrow for part two of Pastor Michael's teaching in Exodus 14, verses 15 through 31 about the parting of the Red Sea, called Go Forward. I'm Mike Massaro. Thanks for listening to Walk in Truth, where it's our goal to equip you to reach out with God's truth to all people.